We are doing a series on the book of Matthew. We are going through it verse by verse. Why are we doing it? Jesus said in the Great Commission that we are to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Not just to tell them to pray a prayer and believe. That is not true evangelism. We've been very weak in why we've been ineffective. Jesus said go into all the world and teach them to obey all the things I've taught you. We get them to believe, to receive Christ, and teach them to follow the teachings of Jesus. Of course, a lot of people have no idea what the teachings of Jesus are. We know about the Ten Commandments, but most people are completely unaware of the some 50 commandments that Jesus gave us. So we are going through the uh, Gospel of Matthew, one verse at a time. Let's look at what Jesus said to do. And uh, we've been doing that. We are uh, in chapter 5. This is the Sermon on the Mount. We're not even halfway through yet. It's been pretty rough <laughs> so far because Jesus says some stuff that is very counter-Western in terms of Western culture that we live in today. He starts out right away saying, you can't hate people. If you hate people, it's the same as killing them. Whoa, that's a little tough because we like hating people. People tick us off. We want to be ticked off right back at them. You know, that's the way we are as Americans. Jesus said, no, 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 no. Don't hate anybody. And he goes on and talks about purity of heart, the whole sex thing. He said, don't even think about it. If you're not married, no touchy, no thinky. All right? Have we made that fairly clear around here? You would think we would. You would think. It's amazing how many people don't raise your hands. How many of you are still doing this? You're still living with somebody or having sex with your boyfriend? You're all going to be in big trouble. Don't look at me. That's what Jesus said. Stop it. All right, and then the whole divorce thing. That was really exciting. That's a pretty tough one to swallow, but Jesus was very clear. He said, well, what if I've made that mistake? You repent and you move on, but you stop the crazy. Okay, when you marry someone, you're supposed to be stuck with that person for life. All right, now the rest of us, we go on. After going through those really tough ones. <laughs> Matthew 5, now verse 33. He says, again, you have heard it said, uh, that it was said to people of long ago. What he's talking about is the Old Testament. And he says, and he quotes this, do not uh, break your oath, but fulfill to the Lord the vows you have made. But I tell you, Jesus said, the Old Testament said, fulfill your vows. Jesus said, but I tell you, do not swear an oath at all. Don't make any vows either by heaven, for it is God's throne, or by earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not swear by your head, for you cannot even make one hair white or black. All you need to say is simply yes or no. Anything beyond this comes from the evil one. Now, uh, we're always very careful at Celebration Church to uh, stress that there's a difference between what we believe and what we think. The things we believe, and in the true sense of the biblical word, which means to cling to, rely on, adhere to, are the kinds of things we just said together when we stood and uh, did the Apostles' Creed. These are the things we believe. These are non-negotiables. Okay? We believe in God. We believe in Jesus, the Son of God, born of the Virgin Mary, died on the cross for our sins, raised again on the third day. He's going to come back. Okay? Non-negotiables. These are what we believe. There's a whole lot of stuff in Christianity that falls into the I think category. Okay? We don't get dogmatic about a lot of stuff. Okay? Because you can be wrong. You know? Uh, people say, why do you believe about speaking in tongues? 
Well, first of all, I'll tell you what I think about speaking in tongues. I don't believe, I don't hear to one version or the other. Lots of people disagree and have different versions of that. Uh, it's pretty arrogant to take some other doctrines and say, I believe this exactly the way it is, and if you're wrong, you're just wrong. And you know, you got to at least be open to the idea that maybe you don't have it quite right. People say, what do you believe about baptizing? Pastor, what do you believe? Do you believe they should be dunked in a tank? Should they be dunked in a lake? Or should they be dunked in a river? <laughs> I don't care. I'll spray you with a fire hose. I don't care. <laughs> What do you believe? I don't believe in it. I don't think those things matter. I think, you know, I'll tell you what I think. I think it's fine to get dunked in a tank as long as you're dunked. You know, it's fine. You know, it's just people get all crazy about all kinds of stuff. Uh, there are things that people of good will and of good hearts do not agree with. Uh, now, this is one of them. Now, it seems fairly clear to me that in this teaching, Jesus says, don't make vows to God. You don't need to vow. And God, I vow to you. I swear to you, God. I swear to you. You know, I don't think you're supposed to do that. Seems pretty clear to me. There's other people who disagree. My brother, Eddie, has a whole book called The Vow. He thinks you should make vows. He's wrong. <laughs> You know? yeah. No, he's not fair. It's not fair. He can't get up here and defend himself. I'm sure he'd make a, a brilliant explanation of his position. It's still wrong. Doesn't matter. All right? He has the right to be wrong. Okay? The way I read it, Jesus says, don't make vows. Eddie says, make vows. Eddie, Jesus. Eddie, Jesus. Uh, he's wrong. All right? Now... It depends, however, on what we're talking about here. And there's nuances, and I've argued with him for hours, never get anywhere. But uh, uh, again, it's, it's, he would even say it. it's just these, one of these categories is just really not all that important. He'll tell you what he thinks. I'll tell you what I think. Uh, but uh, there are vows uh, that it just means a solemn promise, you know, like wedding vows. He said, don't you believe in wedding vows? Oh, yeah, Eddie, I believe in wedding vows, but it's, it's not swearing to God. Okay, I just think that's inappropriate. You know, when you stand at the altar and I say to the girl, do you take this man as your lawfully wedded husband? Which just, you know, do you want this guy? And, and, and she just says, I do. I've never had anyone say, I don't. That would be funny. But, uh, uh, and to the guy, do you want? Yes, I do. They're not saying, yeah, I swear to God. I swear to God I do. No, 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 no. We do not swear to God. As a Christian, you really have no business going around. I swear to God, that's not right. You kids, stop, kids don't stop. I swear to God, I'm going to kill y'all. All right? Don't be talking. You shouldn't be killing anybody. But you shouldn't be swearing to God about anything. Okay? It's inappropriate. Jesus said it's inappropriate. You don't need to be swearing about anything. Um, there are people uh, who take this very seriously that, for example, if they go to court, they refuse to raise their hands and swear to God. And really, they have an, a legit point. You know, do you swear to tell the truth so help you God? Uh, they would say, no, I will not swear by God. It's against what I believe my Christian faith teaches me. I will tell you the truth and be bound under the laws of perjury. And they'll, they'll accept that. That's fine. It's just, we're, really, it's inappropriate for people of faith to be swearing to God about anything. Don't be doing that. I should, I, as heaven is my witness. I, you shouldn't be talking like that either. Okay? He said, don't swear by heaven or earth or anything else. It's inappropriate. He just says, let your yes 
be yes and your no be no. That's all you got to do. If you're going to do something, do it. If you're not, don't do it. What he's really trying to teach is that we're supposed to be people of our word. Now, it used to be in this country, your word meant something. You know, back in the day, a guy shakes hands with you, that's a done deal. You know what I'm talking about? Because people were men of the words, but they were raised under Christian principles. They were raised, people aren't today. So now if somebody tells you something doesn't mean anything. You got to have contracts and everything else going uh, just to outline and stuff. But it, it didn't used to be that way because people lived by yes and no. That's really all that should have ever, in a, in, a, in a right situation, in a truly Christian culture, that's all that should really be required. You don't have to swear anything. You know, we think it doesn't really mean something if you did, you know, you got to swear it, you got to swear it. No, you know, you know, reminds me of the Terminator, second movie. I like that one. I like that as a favorite one. But anyway, John Connors is talking to Arnold Schwarzenegger. He's the Terminator. He says, you can't kill people. Okay, I will not kill people. We got to swear it. So you got to swear. And then he says, I swear I will not kill anybody. It's a great scene. Anyway, so, uh, so even the Terminator had to swear, but he's not a Christian. It didn't matter. He's a Terminator. So, just yes and no is all you got to do. And listen, a lot of this vow stuff, it's in, you don't need to get the emotional, oh, God, I swear to you, I'll do such a Don't do that. And a lot of it has to do with people who are bargaining with God. You don't need to be bargaining with God. Don't you ever bargain with God. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, God, if you just do this, I promise I'll, I won't do this. Oh, God, if you just do this, I swear I'll do this. Oh, God... What are you going to give to God? He doesn't care. People say, God, if you give me this, I swear I'll give up coffee. God doesn't care. He's not, he's not some sicko up there saying, well, what can you do to really make yourself miserable? <laughs> okay, great, great. We got a deal. That's more the devil than God. God, don't be doing that. If you need something from God, just ask him. By faith, trusting him as a child of God. And none of this, oh God, if you just get me out of this situation, I'll never do that. Well, first of all, if you're doing something wrong in the first place, you shouldn't be doing it, period. I mean, dealing with God. In the Old Testament, they did these kind of things. Some of it was approved of, some wasn't. One of the more famous, real psycho vows was this king in the Old Testament who's going into battle. And he said to God, God, I make a vow that if you help me defeat my enemy in battle, I will sacrifice the first thing that walks out of my tent. And he goes into battle and he wins the battle and he comes home and the first thing that walks out of his tent is his daughter. And he just freaks. And, and, and you know, I get a kick out of these theologians, you know, and so many Christians and even Jewish theologians, they're doing backflips and stuff trying to explain, well, we don't really know that he really sacrificed her and it probably meant that she just couldn't ever get married. They, they do all... Why are we defending? We're under no obligation to defend this guy. God never told him to do that. God never told him to say it. There's no record that God ever talked to the guy, period. He was just a wacko nut job. God had nothing to do with it. So do you think he actually sacrificed her? I do. I think he chopped her up like kibbles and bits. <laughs> but God had nothing to do with it. I would defend that. He was a moron. In fact, these people, one of the reasons that God brought judgment on the whole nation is because these kings were very wicked and they were doing things like human sacrifice and stuff, even their own children. You know, so, uh, you know, it's not, God never approved of that one way or the other. We have to defend that. Well, the Bible says he made a deal with God and then God, God didn't do anything. He said this. It's one of the reasons Jesus said, don't be talking like that. 
said anything beyond yes and no comes from the evil one. God, Satan loves to trap people. Because why did this moron think was going to walk out of his tent anyway? A goat? <laughs> it wasn't a barn. It was his tent. And if you think about it, think about it for a minute. What do you think he really thought would walk out of his tent? His wife. <laughs> Just sick, man. God, you help me win the battle. I'll, I'll kill that woman. I promise. I will. I praise God. It was his tent. He expected his wife to come. I was going to chop her into kibbles and bets. Good grief. Speaking of wives, I think this is funny. You know, remember the story of Job? Satan comes to God and gets permission to make Job miserable. God says, you can take anything you want from him. You just can't kill him. So Job comes and he takes his children and he takes his buildings and his property, wipes out all his animals and he takes everything he has, but he left the wife. <laughs> I don't care who you are, that's funny, man. <laughs> the devil knew how to get to Job, I'll tell you that. And sure enough, she was egging him on. He lost her. She says, she'll really encourage her, you know, why don't you just curse God and die? Thank you, dear. You know, I mean, that's, <laughs> she was a real encouraging girl, that one, yeah. Oh, man. So don't get into all this. I swear to God, that's what don't, that's not supposed to be part of our vernacular. No, there's no reason to do it. If you're going to tell God you're going to do something, just do it. That's all. Say, God, I'm going to do this, or I'm not going to do this. You know, like we do for Lent and stuff, that's all fine, but no one should be swearing, oh, God, I swear to God, I won't eat any chocolate for 40 days. You know, don't talk like that. Inappropriate. All right, then we get to the next one. Again, quoting from the Old Testament, he says, you have heard it said, eye for an eye and tooth for a tooth. In other words, get even. That was the teaching of the Old Testament. <laughs> Actually taught him, get even. Somebody poke out your eye, you poke their eye out. Someone knock your tooth in, you knock their teeth in. But Jesus said, no, 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 but I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to them the other cheek also. This is where you get the phrase, turn the other cheek. This is Christian teaching. Even pagans know about this one. Christians are supposed to turn the other cheek. And if anybody wants to sue you and take your shirt, give them your coat too. If anybody forces you to go to a mile, with them a mile, go with them two miles. Give to the one who asks of you. Do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. Now let me tell you what I think Jesus is talking about. The real struggle is the phrase, do not resist an evil person. What does that mean? Because I think we are supposed to resist evil. If we weren't supposed to resist evil, we'd all be speaking German today. Are you hearing me? Hitler would have gone and just taken over the whole world. Just, what do you do? Someone breaks into your house, starts raping your wife, assaulting your children? Are you supposed to not? Now, there are people, groups of Christians, who actually do believe this, that they are never supposed to resist, because Jesus said don't resist, uh, uh, Amish people, hardcore Amish people, that's what they do. You could walk into their house, you could kill their children in front of their faces and the men will not raise a hand against you because they believe they're not supposed to they also don't uh, serve in the military 
Um, uh, there's others who, I, I believe Quakers as well, don't believe in serving in the military. I, if, if I'm wrong about that, don't, if you're a Quaker, don't yell at me, but I, I think them. There's some other groups. Uh, this is where you get the whole idea from conscientious objectors. You know, people who get out of military service because of religious belief. Remember, this country was founded on religious teachings. These people knew the Bible real well, and there were groups and even denominations pretty small by today's standard, but back then they, they were pretty large, who just said, no, we, you're not supposed to resist evil. And they were always given an exception. They didn't go, it wasn't for people who just didn't agree with that war. You know, I'm a conscientious, I don't agree with this war. That's not really what that was for. This is for people of conscience who really, literally would let you do anything. You come attacking them, they're not going to shoot back, they're going to let you take them. They interpret it this way. It's fine, that's what they think. I, I think they're, they're wrong, and let me explain to you why. One of the things you're supposed to do when you are to uh, understand Christian doctrine, when you, you, when you adhere to something that we say, this is what Christians should do. The Bible says that we are to rightly divide the word of truth, that everything should be established in the mouth of one or two or two or, two or three witnesses, okay? There's a per fairly established approach to studying the scriptures. In other words, you don't do something because you just read one verse. To get to the truth, you've got to look at all the verses and find out what the truth is. For example, there is a very bizarre verse in the Bible that Paul wrote. Most of you are unaware of it. Uh, 1 Corinthians, oh, maybe 2 Corinthians, but I think it's 1 Corinthians, where he makes this statement, a passing statement that says, baptizing for the dead. Now, most people have no idea what he's talking about. I don't know what he was talking about. As far as I know, I've never read a theologian who knew what he was talking about. We don't know what he was talking about, but we don't baptize for dead people, even though you can say, what's in the Bible? Yeah, it is. Then why don't we adhere to it as a doctrine? Because there's no supporting evidence that we don't know what he's talking about. You don't make a whole deal out of one verse of the Bible. Now, historically, uh, and Ross was looking this up for me, there have been some s small Christian groups that would baptize in proxy for people who had died. Not sure what the context was. The largest group of people today who still do this actually are Mormons. They, in fact, do baptize for dead people. Uh, if you were to become a Mormon today, if you were to convert and become a Mormon, one of the things they would do is they would have you look at your genealogy. They're very into all that sort of thing uh, because they would want to see what your background, who your people are, all your peeps, and they would baptize you for all your dead peeps. Okay, and they get it from that one verse. Again, I think they're wrong. I don't think it's the appropriate thing to do. Well, the Bible talks, yeah, but we, we, honestly, we don't understand the content. We don't know what he's talking about. It was a weird concept. He was talking about the resurrection, and he said, well, ask these people, then why do you baptize for the dead? Well, was he approving of it? Was he criticizing it? Again, we don't even know what he's talking about. Who baptizes for dead people? Okay, so now the same is true with any other doctrine. For example, if there was one place in the New Testament that said you should be baptized, but no other places in the New Testament that said you should be baptized, and no examples of anyone ever being baptized, we probably would not baptize people. Even though you could find one verse that says you should be baptized. Why? Because you get to Christian doctrine by looking at the scriptures as a whole, rightly dividing the scripture says the word of truth, to get to the truth of stuff. Uh, and even from my viewpoint, not only do I want to see several verses that make a point, I want to see an example of it. For example, if you listen, look at this verse and this verse, and you come to the conclusion that, you know, you should stand on one leg and hold a banana over your head when you pray, I would answer you, well, okay, 
well, show me anywhere in the Bible where anybody stood on one leg and held a banana over their head and prayed. And if you don't have any, you're wrong. Okay, that's just the way I view it. Now, that's an absurd doctrine, but there are some others. Some of you adhere to that. Not everybody agrees about stuff. It's what I think. There are people who think that Christians can be possessed of the devil. That a Christian can have a demon inside of them and need to be exercised from that demon. I do not believe it's true. I think they're wrong. Uh, there's no scriptures that say that. And even if you try to apply scriptures about possession to them, I ask them one simple question. Can you find any place in the New Testament where there is an example of a believer ever having a demon? And the answer is no. There is no example anywhere. Therefore, I think you're wrong. It's just that simple. If you want to cast demons out of yourself, go ahead. I don't care. But uh, we don't do that here. We don't advocate that. I don't think it's true because there's no biblical evidence of it. You can quote some scriptures and try and apply it to Christians, but it doesn't say that. And again, no evidence. So that's why we rightly divide the truth. Okay, now all of that to back up to resisting evil people. Now, was Jesus a uh, pacifist? He was not, okay? Jesus was not Gandhi, okay? John the Baptist was not Gandhi. The Bible says all kinds of soldiers came to John the Baptist to get baptized, but he never told them to lay down their arms. Never once. As soon as we're done with the Sermon on the Mount, one of the first things we'll read about is where a centurion Roman soldier comes to Jesus for a miracle. Jesus never told him to lay down his arms, there is no evidence anywhere Jesus was not a pacifist as some people interpret this verse. That we should never be in wars, we should never fight, uh, and we shouldn't have armies or anything like that. There's no evidence to that in the least. Secondly, the Bible teaches us that governments are supposed to resist evil. That's why they have the physical power to do it. Romans, the 13th chapter. Uh, verse 1, let everyone be subject to the governing authorities, for there's no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Consequently, whoever rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted. And those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. Why? Because they come with power to resist evil. For rulers hold no terror for those who do right, but for those who do wrong. Why would someone do wrong have anything to fear? Because they have power to resist. Uh, in our country, they carry things called guns. It's a high motivating factor to listen to them. Uh, why do you want to be fear, free from fear of the one in authority? Then just do what's right, and you'll be commended. Uh, you don't have anything to worry about from the police today if you drive home the speed limit. If you drive home 112 miles an hour, you might have something to fear, okay? Because they will enforce the law against you. They will resist evil. For the one in authority is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid, be very afraid. For rulers do not bear the sword for no reason. The sword meaning force. They are God's servants, angels, agents of wrath to bring punishment on the wrongdoer. Clearly, the Bible establishes authority is there to use force to resist evil. This idea that what Jesus meant here is that we're never supposed to resist evil. Someone comes in your house and starts hurting your family. You're supposed to not do anything. is not true. 
I don't think that's what he means. That's another example. Here's another word. Jesus told his disciples in Luke 22, verse 36, right after the Lord's Supper, he says, now, if you have a purse, take it, and also a bag. And if you don't have a sword, sell your cloak and buy one. Why would they need a sword? This was for self-defense. They weren't going bear hunting. Yeah, let's jump out of trees on top of bears and stab them to death. You know, this was for self-defense. Okay, so if you rightly divide the word of truth, you cannot come up with the conclusion that what he meant there is you just let people do anything they want to you. It would be inconsistent with the scripture. Therefore, that conclusion, in my opinion, is wrong. So, what was Jesus talking about? Well, you have to put it in context. They are under uh, uh, occupation. An, occupating ar an occupying army called the Roman army has control of all of Israel. They hated the Romans. The Romans were mean to them. They could conscript people. By law, a Roman soldier could come to you and force you to carry something for them for a mile. That's why Jesus said, if they force you to go a mile, go to. If they take something from you, give them something else. If they slap you in the face, which they could do, then turn the other cheek. Okay? This was not life-threatening stuff. It was about this evil in their culture. You know, so we, it's hard for us to relate to because we're not under occupation. You know, let's pretend we are. Let's pretend the Youpers came down and took over Wisconsin. <laughs> okay? And we are under Youper domination. And Youper law said that they could walk up to you and say, you have to clean my car. What should you do? Should you fight them? Should you revolt against them? Jesus would say, no. If they ask you to clean their car, clean their truck too. If they slap you on the one cheek, turn to them the other cheek. We are to be people of peace. And if people push us around, so be it. They can push us around. I do not think it means that we are not to act against evil people who are life-threatening to us. Now, if they're persecuting for your faith, again, that's a different thing. But I just, I just don't think that because clearly... The disciples had swords for self-defense. Talks about uh, authorities having the power of life and death to resist evil. All these different things. Jesus wasn't a pacifist. He wasn't Gandhi telling everybody to lay down their arms. He could have. He didn't. So I don't think that's what it means. All right? Um, at celebration, you know, you read every once in a while about, you know, some gunman comes into a place and just starts randomly shooting people, you know, and shooting 20, 30, 40, 50 people and everybody's hiding and they got to call the cops and God's going to surround the place, you know. Um, uh, we probably would never have that happen at a celebration church because we have armed guys around here. They're packing heat. Say, who are they? We're not going to tell you. Nobody knows who they are. But I promise you, if somebody comes in here with a gun and starts shooting people, he won't get very far. Nobody will read that he knocked off 30, 40, 50, 60 people because one of our guys is going to put a hole in the boy. Okay? We're going to have him meet Jesus. <laughs> you want to meet Jesus? We're here. Somebody comes into your house, starts raping your wife and children, you... Have him meet Jesus is what you do, okay? I think that's perfectly appropriate. It's certainly within the realm of the law for self-defense. I do not think Jesus meant that in those horrifying situations, we are not to defend ourselves. 
You say, Pastor, I think you're wrong. Okay, then we just disagree. This is what I think. You think differently. If you don't think we should ever do that, then go to another church. I don't know what else to tell you. You know, it's just, you know, hopefully nobody comes in there shooting people. <laughs> so, uh, by the way, that always irritates me. You know, they go on these, you know what they do? They go on these college campuses where no guns are allowed. You ever notice that? I think they come in and they're shooting all these people and nobody takes the guy out? I think that's just sad. I know I'm making some of you mad because you think that anybody should ever have guns and stuff. Some of you are mad because Wisconsin has the concealed carry. I say conceal away, carry away. Hallelujah. Because if someone's trying to shoot me, I hope somebody around me has one. <laughs> Personally, I want him to meet Jesus. And we'll talk about it later. God will straighten it all out. Say, <laughs> well, I disagree with that. Okay, again, people, there are people, very good people, wonderful, God-fearing people who look at it differently. I just think clearly the scripture teaches about resisting evil. If we did not resist evil, can you imagine the world in which we would live? It would be a horrid place. There's a saying that all that evil needs to triumph is for good people to do nothing. I don't think that's what Jesus was saying. Certainly it would be inconsistent with his own teaching to his own disciples later. I don't think Jesus was schizophrenic. You have to put it in context. He's talking about the situation where these guys are pushing them around. Everybody hated these guys. They're abusing them, forcing them to do stuff they don't want to do. Jesus said, just love them. Somebody's pushing you around, wants to take advantage of you, let them take advantage. Somebody would just drag you to court, let them win. I mean, he said, there's no reason to get into that with people. We need to be people of faith, people of peace. I'm just saying, you get into a situation of horrid violence of wicked men. God certainly approves of the use of force to stop such people. And that's all I have to say about that. All right, good, let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word and for your truth. Help us to learn your truth so we can live by your truth. You said the truth would set us free, not condemn us. It brings life, blessings, not curses. Lord, help us to be people of respect towards you. Help us not to go around swearing to God about this, that, or the other. We shouldn't be talking like that. Help us just to be people of our word. If we're going to do something, say we're going to do it and just do it. If not, just say we're not going to do it. And Lord, if people want to take advantage of us, push us around, neighbors or anybody else, or even youpers if we were invaded by them, <laughs> help us to be people of faith, faith, of love, and of kindness, the kind to turn the other cheek. Help us to be examples of God's light in a very dark world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Bless you all.